Good morning. It's good to see all of you this morning. I hope you've had a wonderful week so far. Prayer request before we get started. Okay. Jan's off the bell. He isn't doing very well. Okay. Physically, he is, but mentally, he's not. Tomorrow, they need to find a place for him to go. All right. And remember, continue to remember my sister. I, I visited with her this week, and she is really pitiful. Okay. Any others? Unspoken prayer requests? Okay. If no other prayer requests, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Most merciful God, we thank you for this day, the many blessings of life. We thank you for this opportunity we can come together, Father, this morning and be able to worship and serve you. We ask, Father, that you will continue to use this church as a light shining in darkness. Thank you for allowing us to be your hands and feet. We ask, Father, that you'd be with those that's been mentioned this morning in need of prayer. Lord, you know each and every care and concern. We just lift them up to you. Lord, we all have unspoken prayer requests, those things that are known only between us and you. Lord, you know our desires, our wants, our, our needs, our cares and our concerns. We ask that you would just be in the midst of that. We pray for those who have lost loved ones. We ask that you would comfort them in their time of loss. We pray for the sick and the dying. We ask that you would give them the healing touch, Lord, where you see fit, whether it be the divine healing or the physical healing. We, we leave that up to you. We pray for our men and women in armed forces, those who are at home, those who are abroad. We ask you to put a hedge of protection around them, keep them safe from harm. We pray for their loved ones and their absence, that you would give them that peace that passes all understanding. We pray for this great nation. We pray for our leaders. We ask you to lead, guide, and direct them. Help them to seek you out in all the decisions that they make. May they lean upon your understanding and not their own. And Father, we pray all this in the name of your Son, Jesus, who taught us to pray as we pray together. Our Father who art in heaven, how will be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. This time, if you are able, would you please stand as we affirm our faith in the Apostles' Creed. Christians, what do you believe? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day He rose from the dead, He ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Universal Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Okay? We get another chair. We got many chairs. 
statements on the table at the back, so be sure to pick you up one when you leave, uh, when you leave today. Uh, and then let's see. Did anybody have a birthday this week? Anybody have a birthday? Did anybody have an anniversary this week? Well, I guess nobody got married, nobody had a birthday. I guess that's okay. Uh, Today, I brought some things, and I'm going to give you a prize at the end of the lesson today, okay? Everybody's going to get a prize, so let's listen real good. In the Bible, Jesus talks in, in parables a lot and in stories a lot, and he uses something called analogies. Now, that's a big old word. And an, an analogy is when you compare something that is uh, one way to something else. And one of these analogies is Jesus said, you are the light of the world. He said that in Matthew 5, verses 15 and 16. He said, you are the light of the world. Now, what he meant by this is that sin, sin is darkness. Now, a long time ago, I showed y'all that if you open the room that is dark, does the dark come out? But what happens to the light? It can go in and it will stay light. But the darkness never comes out. When I opened that dark room, the dark didn't come out here, did it? Did it, Sloan? Now, Jesus said that we're like that light. The world is dark. There's a lot of bad stuff going on in the world. That's the dark part. Now, we are the light, like this flashlight. Now, you know what Jesus also said? He said, you don't take your light. He said, put it under a bushel where it's hidden. Now, we can sort of see it, but it's no good there, is it? It's no good. It's hidden. He says, that's not what you do with your light. You let your light shine. You let your light, sorry, I'm sorry, let your light shine so that everybody can see it. Now, what does that mean? It means that you be who you are, a child of God, everywhere you go. Everywhere you go. You encourage people. You make people smile. You make people happy. You don't make people sad. Now, you know what these are, don't you? They're glow sticks. And here. Show them how to do this. Everybody's going to get one. Daddy, you bend it. You bend. I've got plenty more. Don't get afraid. Don't get discouraged. Now see what happens. Woo. Well, here you can have all this stringy stuff later. Okay. Now, Mommy, you bend it. Now see what happens when you bend it? Look. You got Look, look. What happens? There's a light that comes through that, isn't it? And this is to remind you today that when you go to school tomorrow, the babysitter tomorrow, that you're supposed to be the one that brings the happiness, not the sadness. Happiness is light. You know, the sunlight, now the sun's not shining too good today. Sort of makes us kind of sad, doesn't it? But yesterday the sun shined real bright. 
That's what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be the light of the world. All right, let's go to the Lord and pray. I'll gather up my mess. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you use stories to help us understand the way you want us to be. You want us to be light. You want us to be just as bright as these flowers. <coughs> you want us to shine wherever we go, not because we're bad, but because we're good. Darkness is okay when you're asleep, but it's not okay in, when you're out in the world. You're so, we're supposed to be the light. Help us always to remember that. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. All right, let's go. So let's go. Good morning. Have your Bibles with you this morning. Turn to Psalm 135. Sorry, Psalm 136. Psalm 136, verses 1 through 26. Psalm 136, verses 1 through 26. When you're there, say Amen. Psalm 136, verses 1 through 26. The scripture says, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to God of gods. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His love endures forever. To Him who alone does great wonders. His love endures forever. Who by His understanding made the heavens. His love endures forever. Who spread out the earth upon the waters. His love endures forever. Who made the great lights, His love endures forever. The sun to govern the day, His love endures forever. The moon and the stars to govern the night, His love endures forever. To Him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt, His love endures forever. And brought Israel out from among, among them, His love endures forever. With a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, His love endures forever. To Him who divided the Red Sea asunder, His love endures forever. And brought, the, and brought Israel through the midst of it, His love endures forever. But swept Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea, His love endures forever. To Him who led His people through the wilderness, His love endures forever. To him who struck down great kings, his love endures forever. And killed mighty kings, his love endures forever. Sion, king of the Amorites, his love endures forever. And Og, king of Boston, his love endures forever. And gave their land as an inheritance, his love endures forever. An inheritance to his servant Israel. His love endures forever. He remembered us in our low estate. His love endures forever. And freed us from our enemies. His love endures forever. He gives food to every creature. His love endures forever. Give thanks to God. Give thanks to the God of heaven. His love endures forever. Let us pray. 
Most gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you for the reading of your word. I pray that you would open our hearts, our minds, our souls, and our senses, that we'd be receptive to your word, that we'd take and apply it to our lives, that we may be better disciples of your son, Jesus. Help us to understand that your love endures forever. Remove me from this. Use me as your humble vessel, speaking your word through me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. And all these things that happened throughout Israel's history, some translations say His mercy endures forever. This NIV says His love endures forever. We know that God's love and His mercy endures forever. Amen? That it never goes bad. It never goes out of date. It never uh, just dries up. It's always there. And His love endures forever. Look with me, if you will, to Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 40. Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 40. Wednesday night we talked about uh, if we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and in that instance, if we were called up to heaven just as soon as we accepted Jesus Christ, that we would not have to experience any heartache, pain, or suffering, or any of the things that we've gone through since then, that we would be in the glory of Christ. And I asked the question, why is it that God leaves us here after we accept His Son as our Lord and Savior? And the answer is, is that if everyone is called up to heaven when they accept Jesus Christ, there'll be no one left to share the good news of Jesus Christ with a lost and dying world. There'll be no one left to share the good news. So here in Acts chapter, 20, chapter 8, beginning in verse 26, the Scripture says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, Go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of the treasury of the Kadak, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in his chair reading the book of Israel, reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, "Go to the chariot and stay near it." Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading, Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. The eunuch says, how can I unless somebody explains it to me? How many of you had a children's Bible or have a children's Bible from, from your youth or you gave your children a children's Bible that had pictures in it? Right? Those pictures speak a thousand words. So what they do is they, the kids are reading, looking at the story while you're reading it to them and it's really summarized real short. And so they're seeing that uh, you're talking about Noah and how he took the animals into the ark and he built the ark and you're sharing with them laying a foundation of how mighty and strong and wonderful and loving and merciful God is. And they're seeing the picture of the animals going into the ark two by two. And as they begin to understand more and more about who God is, the Bibles change a little bit. They get a little better. Then they, they, they get the... Um, a youth Bible, they get a teenage Bible, and then later on they graduate into 
the Bible that we use. But there is no way for us to stand here or sit here today and say that we understand everything that is in the Bible from from Genesis to Revelations. We do not comprehend everything that's in there. Our human minds are not able to comprehend everything there is about God. So we have to understand it and take it as where we're at, as where our faith is, and understanding that someone will have to enlighten us, maybe the Holy Spirit, through passages of Scripture of what God is talking about. It is a good thing for us to come together and worship and hear God's Word preached and taught, but also it's very important that we find ourselves in a Sunday school class or a worship service in a way where it's open and you can discuss things about God's Word. There comes times in my life that I may share a passage of Scripture with Brenda at home and say, what is your opinion? What is your opinion? She may do the same with me and we think about it and we discuss it. I do not have all the answers. I still have to ask God for help. None of us have the answers. There is coming a day, Scripture says, when you will ask me no more questions. Why is that? Because we will have the mindset of Christ. We will know all things. So for me, I think to myself, well, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask Daniel, how was it to be in the, in the lion's den? How was it to know uh, to, to shut the lion's mouth and not be eaten by him? Ask David, how was it when you went up before Goliath? How did you feel? I won't have to ask him that because I'll know already. But even if I did ask him, you know what their answer would be? Through God. Through Jesus Christ, I was able to accomplish this. God took care of it for me. To ask Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or the Billy Goat, you know, he said, how did you make it through the fire furnace? How did that feel? Well, it wasn't me. It was God taking care of us. It was Jesus providing for us. Verse 32. This is a passage of Scripture the unit was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shears is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about? Himself or someone else? And then Philip began with the very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. Jesus took right where he was at and answered his question. He said, who is the prophet talking about? Is he talking about himself or someone else? And Philip was able to start right there and share with him who the prophet was talking about and shared the good news of Jesus Christ. Verse 36, And as they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here's water. What stands in the way of me being baptized? And they gave the orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. The eunuch was so overjoyed with knowing his Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that when he heard about repenting and being baptized, that once they came upon some water, he said, what is this standing in the way of me being baptized right now? I want to be baptized right now. What's in the way of this? 
Obviously, Philip said nothing because they went down into the water and it says that Philip baptized him. Philip took care of him. Look at verse 39, what it says. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. So the eunuch, when he came up, didn't see Philip anymore. And instead of running around going, Philip, Philip, where are you? Instead of telling his, his caravan, let's search for this man, let's find him. That's not what he done. He went on his way rejoicing over knowing Jesus Christ as His Lord and Savior. Verse 40, Philip, however, appeared at Astus and traveled about preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. So Philip wasn't just caught up in a whirlwind into heaven and gone. He was placed somewhere else. God told him to go forth and find uh, on the road. And He told him to find the chariot with the eunuch sitting in it. And He told him to go forth and listen. And as he listened, he asked the question, do you know what you're reading about? And then he ends up having the opportunity to share who Jesus Christ is. And then after he's completed that task, God takes him and moves him somewhere else so that he can complete another task. So that he can begin to share the good news of Jesus Christ with a lost and dying world. Look at John. John chapter 15. John chapter 15 verses 1 through 8. How many of you have got your gardens planted? A few of you have got your gardens planted? John chapter 15 verses 1 through 8. And Jesus speaking, Scripture says, beginning in verse 1, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, He prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. So apart from Christ, we can do what? Nothing. But through Christ, we can do what? All things. So I feel like that's assured what Daniel and what David's going to say if we were to ask them. It wasn't me, but it was Christ Jesus. It wasn't me, but it was God who took care of these things for me. Jesus is instilling in us that that's exactly what happened. That He is... He is the vine and we are the branches. That if we remain in Him, He remains in us. But apart from Him, if we cut the vine, the branch off of the vine, what happens? The branch dies. But as long as we stay in tune with the vine, we are fruitful. Verse 6, If you do not remain in Me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Anybody in here ever been pruned? You ever been pruned a little bit? Yeah. The Lord takes something away from you in order that you may grow in the right direction, the way you may be. If you have a plant sitting next to a window 
and it grows towards the window and this one side it'll be leaning towards it you have to turn that plant ever so often or he'll just grow to one side won't it because it's seeking the sun and we have to be well done on all sides right we, we want to be well done we want to be straight Jesus says in verse 7, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Does this mean it will be done immediately? Does this mean that whatever you ask for, that God's going to give it to you? No, this means that whatever you ask for in His will, as long as it aligns up with His plan for you, that He'll give it to you, but it doesn't mean it's going to happen right now. Because we know that His timing is always right. His good and perfect timing always happens Exactly when we need it. The Lord provides exactly what we need at exactly the right time. He gives to us the amenities of life before we ever even ask for it. He provides because He loves us. Because God's love endures what? Forever. And how do we know that God's love endures forever? We know that John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believeth in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That's love. That's love that He gave His Son for us. Look at 1 John. 1 John chapter 4. Verses 7 through 21. First John chapter four, verses seven through twenty-one. Scripture says, "Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. God is love. So if we love, and we're called to love one another, who's one another?" Love one another just your spouse? Love one another just those who live in your household? Love one another just those in your church? Love one another just those who you work with? Love one another just those in your community, in your state, and just your nation? Or to love one another meaning all mankind? Because God created all of us equally. Verse 9, this is how God showed His love for us. He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Boy, that'd be great, wouldn't it? If we could do so much, Billy Joe, that, that God sent His Son for us. Because He says, Whoo, boy, they love me so much. They love me so much that I'm going to make a way for them. I'm going to send my one and only son because they love me so much that they can be with me and stand before me righteous. I'm, that's all because they love me. But the reality of it is, did, did the Israelites really love God? They did when they needed Him. They did when they, they cried out, well, we're, we're, being, we're being enslaved. We need help. So... He sends them Moses and they get freed from their slavery. He gives them their freedom. 
He sets apart the Red Sea. He takes bears away from them. And then he says, this is what I want you to do. This is how I want you to live. I want you to love one another. I want you to abide in love. I want you to to, uh, be obedient to what I call you to do. Everything's laid out for you. And what do they do? They wander around in the wilderness for 40 years, tracing their own tail because they won't listen. And every time that they do something wrong, God doesn't say, well, you didn't love me enough, so I'm done with you. When they find themselves in a wrong situation, they come back to God and they say, God, forgive us for we've sinned against you. And what does God say? I forgive you. Here's what I want you to do. There was consequences for their sin. They weren't around in the wilderness for 40 years. But His love and His mercy endures forever. He was merciful and He loved them. If it was where we could love God so much, we would boast up and say, well, me and Tim, we love God so much that that's why Jesus came into the world because we loved Him so much. I can do nothing apart from God, but through Christ Jesus, I can do all things. It has nothing to do with what I've done. It has nothing to do with us loving God. He loved us first. Verse 10, this is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Verse 11, dear friends, since God so loved us, we also also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and His love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in Him and He in us. He has given us His Spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. You've heard me say this before. You see the little, the little thing on the back of Jeeps, their little tire cover on the spare tire cover says Jeep Life. Right? Jeep Life. And you see one little bumper sticker that says the good life. What is the good life? What is the good life? The good life to me is knowing Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. That's the good life. Amen? Amen. Verse 16, And we know, and so we know, and rely on the love of God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God lives in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on that day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. How many of you are afraid of snakes? There's only two kinds I'm afraid of, a devil and a live one. I don't like either one of them. How many of you are afraid of spiders? If my mom was here, she'd put her hand up. Yep. Spiders. How many of you are afraid of crickets or anything else? How many of you are afraid of the dark? Okay. These are things that are here that we may be afeard of. Okay? We may be afeard of. But leaving this world is not something I'm afraid of. And the reason I'm not afraid of is because I'm living the good life. 
I'm not saying that I'm living the perfect life. I'm saying I'm living the good life. The good life of knowing Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. That's what I'm saying. That if we live the good life knowing Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior, because we know love, because God lives within us, love casts out all fear. There's nothing in this world that we need to be afraid of. Verse 19. We love because He first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or a sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And He has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. So who is our brother and our sister? Is it just your blood relatives? No. Our brothers and sisters are everyone in this world because God has created each and every one of us. We are God's creation. We're to love them and share the good news of who Jesus is with them just as Philip did with the Ethiopian eunuch. We're called to be prepared to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And what did Philip do? He didn't say, well, let me take you back to Genesis and tell you about the whole thing. He listened to where the eunuch was at and listened to what the eunuch was questioning. He was able just to share the good news of Jesus Christ because the eunuch wanted to know, is the prophet talking about himself or someone else? And had Philip not had the Holy Spirit within him, had he not known love, he may have even looked down on the eunuch. He may not have thought enough to speak with the eunuch. But because he shared the good news of Jesus, the eunuch believed and was baptized. Love cast out all fear. We're called to love one another. Let us pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, I thank You for this opportunity to be able to share Your love with the lost and dying world. The opportunity to be able to share Your love with all those gathered this morning. To know, Father, that You so loved us that You sent Your Son Jesus to be that atoning sacrifice for our sins. Not out of something we had done, but because You loved us first. And all you command us to do is to love one another. Help us to live a life of love that we may share the good news of your son Jesus that others may come to know and accept your son Jesus as their Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you would please stand, I'm going to offer a prayer for our offering, the offering play to be at the back side of the door. And then I'm going to offer a our benediction. Let us pray. Father God, we thank You for this opportunity we can give back to a portion of what You so blessed us with. We ask, Father, that You bless both the gift and the giver, that You use these tithes and offerings to glorify Your kingdom around the world. Father, be with us now as we go out into the world. Help us to live a life of love that others may come to know and accept Your Son, Jesus, as their Lord and Savior. 
In his name we pray. Amen and amen.